Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's headed to Vegas again. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. This is part two of our betting episode from last week. We're also going to have part three dropping on our Patreon, where we go through nine more prop bets. We'd really appreciate your support there, so you can subscribe at patreon.com slash collegefootballbros. And also be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you don't already, last week we uploaded a video predicting which coach in his first year at a new school would win the most games. So check that out. And Trey? Let's let's get into our props for today. All right, let's do it. We got the first one from Barry101. First new Big 12 team to win the conference. And so obviously referring to BYU, Central Florida, Cincinnati, and Houston. So I'm setting the lines here. This was difficult. Um, I think Cincinnati has a little bit of a leg up. So I made them plus 200. And then the other three, Houston, UCF, and BYU, I had them all equal at plus three fifty. Yeah, this is this is a, a very very tough question, um, and I do I do kind of like your lines. I do think if I had to pick one of the four, Cincinnati would just be a slight favorite, not a huge one, but just ahead of the other three. The recruiting is a little bit better, and then they've obviously had some recent success and a great coach. But the other schools have good coaches, and their recruiting's fine too, um, and they all all enjoyed success very recently. So it, it's a tough one, ultimately. I'm going BYU. Um, you know, every now and then they come up with some very, very magical years. Obviously, of course, a couple of years back with Zach Wilson, they were really, really good. Could have, you know, that team could have possibly won, uh, you know, the Big 12, given this new format here. So BYU, they, they're they a consistent program. They never really seem to have down years. If they do, it's very minimal. Um, so with the consistency that they have, Kalani Sataki is doing a great job. I'll take them, but you could definitely convince me otherwise. Yeah, this is interesting because, like you said, we we all agree Cincinnati is in first. The other three, so it sounds like, Ryan, obviously you think BYU is, if you had to pick, at the head of the pack. Yep. yep. I would have had them last. Uh, not by much, but I don't know. I guess just because I, I think I see the other schools maybe recruiting a little bit better in a, a better footprint and with the, the move into the Power Five, maybe they can, that's going to help those schools have a, you know, bigger pool of guys to recruit from whereas BYU compare it to BYU in Utah like where Utah has done such a good job in the Pac-12 you know like I guess my thought with BYU is they have to kind of recruit a specific type of player already where it's just a a unique campus you've got the honor code to deal with where maybe there's just guys that don't want to go there even if they are in the power five but but either way I mean they've had a lot of success anyway so it's a totally reasonable answer but I am going with I had Houston and UCF basically tied, and uh, I thought they were a little bit closer than to Cincinnati than, than Trey has them. So I'm going to take both of them. I'm going to take Houston plus 350 <laughs> and UCF plus. I can do that, right? Uh, <laughs> leave it to Michael. Oh, uh, why man. not? He said first new Big 12 team to win the conference. Well, I'm betting both of them. You made the odds. I'm going to bet both. Because, <laughs> yeah, they're both recruiting well, both in great areas. They're yeah. both investing in their program. They have good former power five coaches so if cincinnati comes back to earth a little bit then i think the gap is not order. that wide okay what's your pecking order well cincinnati of course number one but then but after that was byu um and then i put houston and i put ucf last 
I'm just not quite sold on Gus at UCF, you know, and I'm not sold on the UCF program being able to really sustain. I don't know. I'm just hesitant on them. All right. I had the same order as you, except for BYU. I had last. Right. Okay. Well, so you do have an order. No, I have an order. Yeah. If I had to, if I had to, I'd put Houston (laughs) slightly ahead of UCF. Okay. Well, there we got our answer. Yeah. But we all agree it's pretty razor thin on those, that second three. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even including Cincinnati, it's still. That's true. And they're not like a runaway. No, not at all. It's a, it's a good four teams for them to add. It's very competitive. All right. Anyways, that was a good one. Good one to start off with. Let's go to our next one from Scott Chambers. Um, Over or under 10 million in NIL money for Arch Manning. Um, So this is a, uh, it's a tough one to answer because it's just uncharted territory. But what do you guys think? And it's going to be a tough one to maybe eventually find out who wins because we may never know a figure right of how much money right. he gets but uh so the tennessee quarterback nico iamaliava uh is getting around eight million reportedly I, that's kind of i think maybe the high end of the deal like he's getting two million a year something like that i don't know i to be honest i don't know all the details and i don't know all the you know what's what's the minimum that he's getting yeah i, I don't know right. but i'm just kind of taking that eight million number that's been thrown out there kind of at at face value um, so you'd think, okay, Arch Manning is ranked a little higher than him. Maybe 10 million seems like a good number. But to me, because he's a Manning, he's Arch Manning, he has that star power to where his name, image, and likeness, you know, rather than just getting inducement money, that actual NIL money is worth a lot. Like he is, he can be in commercials. Like he's going to be an absolute star, even if he's just pretty good. So to me, I think. The, the huge potential is, is there for him to make way more than $10 million, so I would I would bet the over. Yeah, now, I had I, my difficult thing with, the, with this answer was, I don't know what, we, we're so new in this that I don't know what the, the numbers are going to be. Like, it could potentially be like 20 plus million and I just look like a fool, but the re, I'm going to say under on this $10 million, and the reason I'm saying it is just because, one, I really don't know that how that 8 million for the Tennessee quarterback works. Like if there's like clauses or, or kind of like stipulations to get to that. And my thing is what if Arch Manning comes and obviously his name carries a ton of weight. I totally agree with you there, Michael, but what if like in year one or year two, he just flames out. Like he's just, he ends up not being good or he gets injured and like, is his value still worth so much? And, and, you know, maybe the NIL money isn't guaranteed. So everything is so new in this that I don't know how all the NIL structure works, if some of these are guaranteed or not, but I'm just going to say under, because maybe there's a chance he doesn't pan out. And I'm, I'll be interested to see what kind of, what he does with his NIL rights, because the, the Tennessee quarterback, or that's everyone thinks it's the Tennessee quarterback that, 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 that athletic article was about, he signed this deal, which basically signed away exclusive rights to his his name image and likeness to this collective you know in exchange for whatever some sort of guaranteed money i'm life-changing money so i can understand why he did it but with with arch he doesn't necessarily need to be risk averse here because his family's already wealthy so he doesn't necessarily need to take that upfront kind of guaranteed payday he can play the long game and just say you know what i'm gonna bet on myself because and retain those nil rights because if he ends up being really good like i said he's a star yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's really no wrong answer for him. All right, moving on, we got Jeremy asks over under coaches fired in 2022, and so just to kind of make it easier with you know fire resigning that kind of gray area, I'm going to reword it to number of schools to have a new head coach 
before game one of the 2023 college football season. I'm going to set that over under at 23 and a half. Okay. Um, seems like a reasonable line because, I mean, I looked, I think there was something like 28 this past year. That's what uh, I got. But I think that, but I think it was, might have been slightly inflated uh, this year because, you know, some of the programs couldn't afford to make the change in the midst of, of kind of those COVID, COVID years. Uh, some athletic departments didn't quite have the money to muster up the the buyouts and new staffs under all that uncertainty at the time. So I'm going to actually say under. It might kind of roll back the other way. I think maybe some of the colleges or schools got it out of their system. And, I mean, we're still going to see a lot of firings and, and maybe resignings, but maybe more stable than last year. Yeah, I agree with you, actually. I'm going to I'm gonna take the under. Um, I, I did count 28 like you did, Trey. But then the year before, I, I was only 15. Um, but I, so I that's have a 18. pretty, I have 18. Okay. So you're probably right. A lot of confidence in your answer, right? <laughs> well, you know, yeah, whatever. I may have not, I just know Michael's a little more thorough than I am on these sorts of things. So I'll, I'll believe him on that. So I was going to say the average would lead me to believe that I would go under, but if I take Michael's 18, it would what go to uh 20, boosted uh, over three. So boom still under baby still <laughs> under <laughs> okay but you know and like and yeah. since we just had such a high high number you would think that it would probably it would lean towards going the opposite direction. that might also indicate that we're in a more of a quick quick trigger era too so it's yeah, tough well we're certainly there but i'm going under like you okay all right our next one is from gunner bogue which team goes to more bowl games in the next 10 years? And this is directed at a, the bros and their their squads. Yeah, USC or Nebraska goes to more bowl games in the next 10 years. So I set the line at USC minus 300 and the Nebraska at plus 300. Yeah, this one definitely needed odds. Yeah, I mean, I don't think either of them are going to 300 bowl games. So I'm, I'm taking the plus 300 <laughs> mm. bowl games with, uh, with Nebraska. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, money line odds uh i'm gonna take well so in the last 20 years usc has not qualified for a bowl game twice so this past year and 2018 and they just hired maybe a top five coach in the country in lincoln riley who's about to start recruiting really well um so you know maybe maybe this year they could miss a bowl game it's possible but moving forward it's hard to see when when that's going to happen anytime soon whereas nebraska has missed five straight bowl games Recruiting is not going great right now. They play in the Big Ten, a much tougher conference, a conference that might eliminate divisions in the coming years, which would only make their schedule harder, having to play more teams from the East potentially. So, well, we generally get the toughest teams. From I the know East that's anyways. true. So maybe it'll make it easier. Maybe more Rutgers <laughs> and Maryland. And <laughs> yeah, we always get Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, so come true. On. But but either way, I just think obviously Trey made USC a big favorite, but I I thought maybe not quite enough. I I would lay the the minus three hundred. Yeah, me too. I, I really do find it hard to imagine USC missing many bowl games here with Lincoln Riley. I mean, it could end up where Lincoln Riley doesn't really pan out, but that would to me mean like he goes eight and four and seven and five. And like, I just really find it hard to believe that they'll go five and seven in the Pac-12. Like that's, you know, they're going to have such an advantage uh, talent wise over so many of the schools in that conference. It's just, it would be, it'd be hard to imagine. And for Nebraska, I mean, I expect Nebraska to miss another bowl game this year, and then they're going to fire Scott Frost, and then they're going to have players leaving, and then I'd expect the next coach to have such a hard time because Frost's recruiting classes the past couple of years have been bad. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, was there I like mean, would it be like 
six to one that you're starting to really think about it. It's tough because yeah, USC is just I so guess, overwhelming. I guess it's I think, so hard to put a number on it. You know, like, very hard in I, your mind. I put a number on it before yeah. I like for all these. I put a number on it before I saw your guys's uh, odds. Mm-hmm. Um, I put a minus five hundred. But even that, okay. it would be hard. It'd be hard to pull the trigger on the yeah. on the five to one with the brass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think it mattered what number I put. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just like you just don't want to bet against USC there. But good question. All right, next one is from Gavin Fast. Um, over under, um, let's see. I put it at six and a half um, SEC national championship winners in the next ten years. All right, so I think this is a good line. I really waffled on this. Mm-hmm. So I, in terms of individual school, this isn't an individual school question, but I just looked back since, in, since 2008, last 13, 14 years, five different SEC schools have won. In the last, if you look at the last 10 years alone, the SEC has won six times and three other times they lost in the national title. So n- nine out of 10 years, they're, they got a shot right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also kind of need to factor in that Texas and Oklahoma are going to join during this period. So that could yep. prevent, you know, the Big 12 from maybe having one and only, you know, bolster the SEC. So I'm going to say over. You got school like Texas A&M, they're the new blood on top of yep. all the other traditional powers. Tennessee maybe looks to be on the rise. Maybe Lane can keep rising. Like it might be a long shot. But I just think uh, in order for the SEC to stop having their their pure dominance – USC is going to need to really avail, uh, uh, elevate Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State need to bolster Clemson and someone else in the ACC needs to jump up, which I think Miami, Florida State could, but just not right now. Yeah, uh, agree with your statement that the line is set right. So it's I like, let's just say I wouldn't bet any real money on this. Like uh, this is one I would stay away from. Yeah, but it's tough. Yeah. I, I leaned under. Um, I I think Ohio State is is one, there you go, that has probably been unlucky to only have won one title in the last 15 years. So they're a threat to to win one or two. And then I, I the real reason I'm I'm going under is I think we're finally seeing some investment from schools outside of the SEC to kind of try and keep up with the Joneses. So USC, we've talked about, they're finally spending money. Miami is is totally invested. They have a maniac recruiter at head coach who's gonna take away some South Florida recruits from the SEC course can't get out count out Dabo Sweeney at Clemson and then with with NIL I wonder if Michigan Notre Dame and I guess maybe Penn State if that's going to help them I don't know just being able to kind of there's a lot of money in the Big Ten too so the Big Ten can maybe match the the amount of of money that they're spending yeah that was uh it was it was tough to decide I I, yeah when I was thinking of what would I would do on that it's so I close, waffled. so close. Yeah, man. It's crazy to think though. Like I would, if you bet over, you got to say seven out of ten for the SEC. Like mm-hmm. that seems like a lot, but I mean, I think it's fair. Yeah, it is. All right, pass the damn ball. Asks who takes the first snap at quarterback for Texas A and M this year? You've got Max Johnson, Haynes King, and Connor Wegman as, of course, the three main guys. And so I set the odds at. Max Johnson, the favorite, the transfer from LSU at minus 150. Haynes King, who started last year and then got hurt at plus 210. And then Connor Wegman, the five-star freshman at plus 1200. Yeah. Yeah. This is, um, I think you, I think you set the odds pretty, pretty solid here, but I mean, just from what I saw from Haynes King in the limited time and I, I can't go with him. Um, 
So if I honestly, I'd rather go with Connor Wigman than, than, than Haynes King. But so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the favorite. I'll go with with, with Max Johnson at minus one fifty. Given a team that had some struggles at LSU, obviously defensively and even around him on offense, he put up good numbers. I mean, 27 touchdowns to six picks, um, seven and a half yards per attempt is all right, and 60 percent completion percentage. So had some wheels, a little bit of wheels to him. I, I think that's a pretty darn good, pretty darn good year. Um, I think they're bringing him in for a particular reason because i just don't think they like what they have so give me max johnson minus 150 i really i've waffled on this i want to take king because he has a year under the system he i agree ryan like the beginning of the year he wasn't good but you know he he jimbo thought high enough of him as a young pup going into the last season to to have him be the starter um, but then I kind of look back at, at, at Jimbo's track record. He's only started, I think one transfer quarterback in his, his career. Now, granted transfers are more relevant nowadays, but, um, I just don't think he would have been in the market for a quarterback like Johnson if he felt comfortable enough with, with his guys. So I also going to take the chalk, um, and, and go with, uh, with Johnson. That's fair. I, I thought about putting it more, him has more of a favorite, but I think I'm gun shy because a few years ago when uh, when it was between Nick Starkle and Kellen Mond, yeah, everyone thought Starkle was a lock, and then Jimbo surprised us. So I kind of it's true, it's true. Didn't price also, it too I'm, high. I'm trying to be better at one of my. I'm trying to be better at not writing quarterbacks off, like because he was a freshman last year, so we only saw limited action. Like he played, Kings he played athletic, one so game, he, could, he threw a few picks or whatever. Yeah, it, it was one yeah. game and, <laughs> yeah. and a half or whatever. Yeah, like, barely at all. But. I'm definitely not going to write write him off. No, no. All right, moving on to a question from Rutgers Todd. How many years until the college football bros meet up? I set the over-under at two years. Oh, like all the bros, everybody? Well. As many I, as that want to. Yeah. Right, I would, yeah, right. what, what mainly, qualifies as a winner? Or, if it's us three plus, oh. us three plus, yeah. like... I think it's got to be at least it needs to be three, maybe more. Yeah, but like in kind of, of a campaign, maybe like at least Patreon meetup. So yeah, okay. So six, including us. Yeah, sure, sure, whatever it is. <laughs> Unless yeah, it's Braden. Braden we, doesn't count. So well, no, he doesn't. Oh no, count. yeah, no, no. Uh, automatically excluded. Yeah, that's that's um, that's a good one. If it's six. Is there Ryan doing math? Is he pulling out a calculator? Looking, <laughs> looking at his schedule? <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, see which 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 ones I prefer here. How looking at the list of, over the next two <laughs> years. Who, am I likely to see these guys? Do I want to see these guys? No. Uh, I'll go over. Yeah, I think at some point we wow. got it. So you're saying it's well, going to be longer oh, wait. than two years? No, wait, sorry. No, I meant I meant under. Okay. Sorry. There you go. My bad. My fault. My fault. Yeah, under two years. I think uh, one of these next two college football seasons that we have to organize a meetup we've always talked about going to like mikey stadium or something like that that'd be something like that'd be pretty cool i'm going i'm going over i hope it's under but i'm going (laughs) over because two years and five months from now we've got saturday august 31st 2024 usc against lsu in vegas that would oh i'm gonna be there so that's real i figure we could we could get some people to go to that hmm that's a good meetup spot. Meet in Vegas. Love it. All right. It's on the books. It's on the schedule. Ryan, can yep. you put that in your schedule right now? It's tough. Yeah, it's yeah. right when 
my teaching, you know, begins. It's hard to take a day off right then. Yeah, you can fly out Saturday morning. Get a sub on Friday. Come on. Friday night. Friday night flight. You can do it. Yeah, that's true. I'm a driver. I could just drive out Friday night. That's a good point. There you go. About four and a half hours. All right. Well, that is all of our props. Uh, Let us know on Twitter at CFB Bros. If we were off on any of these things, let us know how much money you think um, Arch Arch. Arch Manning is going to get because that one we had a pretty wild swings i we we weren't sure of of what what he's gonna Michael's get was a big spender i thought more i was ready to give him yeah. I was, i'm ready to make him a billionaire he's gonna be the first college yeah, he's, billionaire. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah he's worth more than uh, aaron Rodgers. Yeah. uh anyway thanks for listening and uh check out again if you want more of these props our patreon patreon.com slash college football bros and we'll talk to you next week you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast Email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.